Well, hello everyone. Welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and the show is a work of the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong that goes right around Australia to over 30 partnering Christian radio stations. Goes out via podcast each and every week as well. And you're in for a treat this week as we bring you a show that's built around the theme and the gospel of the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, which means for us a reading from Luke chapter 20, 27 to 38. We're going to hear from Father Richard Healy, who's going to break open this gospel for us, where we're told that he's a God of the living, not of the dead. And Father Richard's going to talk to us all about resurrection life, the resurrection life we should all be striving for right now. Who else we got? Well, we've got Trish McCarthy. She's going to talk to us about emotions and senses in her Milk and Honey segment, well-named, all the good stuff that God wants to give us. Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. He's going to talk to us about the hard work of conversion and gives us a nice car analogy. He's going to talk to us about what's under the bonnet, what's under your bonnet to make a new tick, what's driving you. Going to hear from Father Mike Delaney from down in Tasmania. And he's going to have a chat to us about what happens when we look at things from the wrong angle. And he's uh, drawn some insights into some art critique from Robert Cunning and his criticism of a painting and and bring that to play. And he's talking about looking at things from the correct angle. Mother Hilda Scott, Wisdom from the Abbey. She's got a great story about Cardinal Basil Hume and the things he learnt when he found out he was dying. Things he learnt about himself. First up, though, let's break open the gospel this week. Max Norton's going to proclaim that for us. And Jesus tell us that he's a God of the, the living, not of the dead. And Father Richard's going to talk to us about resurrection life. Lots of great music on the show this week, too. Heaps to get through. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm so glad you joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, approached Jesus and they put this question to him. Master, we have it from Moses in writing that if a man's married brother dies childless, the man must marry the widow to raise up children for his brother. Well then, there were seven brothers. The first, having married a wife, died childless. The second and then the third married the widow. And the same with all seven. They died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman herself died. Now, at the resurrection, to which of them will she be wife since she has been married to all seven? Jesus replied, The children of this world take wives and husbands, but those who are judged worthy of a place in the other world and in the resurrection from the dead do not marry because they can no longer die for they are the same as the angels, and being children of the resurrection, they are sons of God. And Moses himself implies that the dead rise again in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all men are in fact alive." The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Richard Healy. The long journey that we have been on with Jesus, which began in chapter 9 of the Gospel of Luke, the journey from Galilee and the north down to Jerusalem, has finished, and Jesus has made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, which the church celebrates each year on Palm Sunday. 
So all the gospel passages over the next few weeks take place during Holy Week, those final days leading up to the events of the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus. Therefore, tensions begin to rise. The Gospels today is from Luke chapter 20. This is the only time that we meet this strange group called the Sadducees in this Gospel. The Sadducees were the conservatives and the aristocratic group of the day who scorned the more progressive views of the popular Pharisees. The Sadducees only accepted the first five books of the Hebrew Scriptures, known as the Torah. In the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 25, we find the law of Leverite marriage, whereby a brother was supposed to raise up an heir for his childless dead brother. This was meant to protect the property rights of a family. Here the Sadducees pose a case of a succession of seven heirless brothers that they think will force Jesus to renounce the resurrection by showing the absurdity of it. Instead, Jesus replies that the succession of husbands is a problem for the Sadducees only because they have not thoroughly comprehended the meaning of the resurrection. Resurrection life will not be exactly the same as the present one. Death will have been abolished, and so sexual relations, and especially the need to continue a particular family line, will be irrelevant. Those whom God counts worthy of the age to come, as opposed to the present age, will have bodies appropriate for the new world in which death will be no more. And this continues to be good news for all who work for justice in this present world. Grace and peace. This is Father Richard Healy. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. In open fields of wildflowers She breathes the air and flies away She thanks to Jesus for the daisies and the roses No simple language Someday she'll understand The meaning of it all He's more than the laughter For the stars in the heaven As close as a heartbeat Or a song of her lips Someday she'll trust him and learn how to see him. Someday he'll call her and she will come running and fall in his arms. The tears will fall down and she'll pray. I want to fall in love with you. I want to fall in love with you. I want to fall in So 
to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. There was a wonderful Cardinal Archbishop of Westminster, Cardinal Basil Hume. Some of you might also remember the TV show, The Two Fat Ladies. They were hilarious and seemed to cook in the most incredible places. Once they cooked at a luncheon Basil was attending, so they made a dessert of red jelly, signifying the cardinal's red hat, and then they put a sprig of basil poking out of the jelly. It looked really funny. However, Basil Hume himself was originally a Benedictine monk and an abbot of his monastery before he was made a bishop and cardinal. He did much good work. He was so very pastoral. It was said of him that he knew our hearts, and we trusted him. What a wonderful thing to say about anyone. He learned just two months before his death that he had terminal cancer. On hearing the prognosis, his initial response was, if I could start all over again, I'd be a much better monk and a much better bishop. But then I thought, he said, how much better it would be If I could come before God when I die, not to say thank you because I was such a good monk, such a good bishop, but to say to him rather, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. For if I come empty-handed, then I'll be ready to receive God's gift. It is a salutary thought because literally at the end of the day, What do any of us have except the mercy of God? We strive so hard to be someone. We fight and claw our way up the success ladder, even if we only do it in our own minds. We want to leave a great name behind us, perhaps, or an achievement. But on our deathbeds, will any of that matter? Will any of that get us across the line? I don't think so. What will get us across the line and into the arms of God will be the little familiar voice we have always used to call out to God. 
the little voice that has held a confidence that he will hear us, the way a small child calls out for a father when she wakes up from a nightmare. The heart of God is moved then as it's moved today. He reaches out and clings to us as he clings now. It's not the reverse. In fact, every time we say, have mercy on us, we're already experiencing heaven. For want of a better way of explaining this, it's our littleness and helplessness, our dependence on God that brings him close. What a beautiful thing to go through life calling out to such a God. Thank you to Mother Hilda Scott there who gave us some wonderful insights on the thoughts of Cardinal Basil Hume who was a, a Benedictine monk and habit before he was made a bishop and a cardinal and what he learnt about receiving God's gift and God's mercy after he found out that he had terminal cancer. Thanks to Father Richard Hilly who broke open the gospel for us this week at the start of the show and after a bit more music now which we're going to hear from Keith and Kristen Getty His Mercy Is More we're going to be hearing from Father Mike Delaney, who's going to talk to us about the wrong angle we can do to change our perspectives and the way that we see things. That's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm so glad you joined us this week on The Journey.
on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness I was catching up with an old friend nothing too heavy just checking me how's it going how's your mom then and for once he talked more than me said I hear a lot about you around here yeah I know it's been a one of them years Get it, man, you do the best you can Still wind up on your knees I was talking to God last night About why things happen the way they do Yeah, to shed a little light On what I'm going through, what I'm going through And everything under the sun While some get it all And some people fall out of love I was talking to God Seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney. Over the almost three years, I've enjoyed using two versions of the Bible in a year. The podcast by Father Mike Schmitz 
and the Bible in a Year app by Nikki Gumbel from Alpha. I have to say I think I enjoy his version better because I have the chance to listen to the voice of David Suchet, but both are excellent. There are several other versions that I'll be exploring over future years. Recently on the Nikki Gumbel version, Nikki began the day by referring to a book by the author Peter Grieg, The Vision and the Vow. In the book, Grieg tells of a distinguished art critic who is studying the, the painting by the Italian Renaissance master, Filippino Lippi. This is how Nicky Gumbel tells the story. The critic stood in London's National Gallery gazing at the 15th century depiction of Mary holding the infant Jesus on her lap, with Saints Dominic and Jerome kneeling nearby. But the painting troubled him. There could be no doubting Lippi's skills, his use of colour or composition. But the proportions of the picture seemed slightly wrong. The hills in the background seemed exaggerated, as if they might topple out of the frame at any minute onto the gallery's polished floor. The two kneeling saints looked awkward and uncomfortable. Art critic Robert Cumming was not the first to criticise Lippi's work for its poor perspective. But he may well be the last to do so, because at that moment he had a revelation it suddenly occurred to him that the problem might be his. The painting he was analysing with clinical objectivity was not just another piece of religious art hanging in a gallery alongside other comparative works. It had never been intended to come anywhere near a gallery. Lippi's painting had been commissioned to hang in a place of prayer. Self-consciously, the dignified critic dropped to his knees in the public gallery before the painting. He suddenly saw what generations of art critics had missed. From his new vantage point, Robert Cumming found himself gazing up at a perfectly proportioned piece. The foreground had moved naturally to the background, while the saints seemed settled. Their awkwardness, like the painting itself, had turned to grace. Mary now looked intently and kindly directly at him as he knelt at her feet between Saints Dominic and Jerome. As I listened to Nicky describing it, I couldn't help but feel that there were so many things that happened in my life when, because of any range of things, busyness, prejudice, presumption, I look at things from the wrong angle. Today I need to drop to my knees in prayer and to ask God to allow me to see things with new eyes and a new understanding of how God wants me to see the things around me. Thanks very much there to Father Mike Delaney. What a champion fellow. He's, um, he's a good man and one of these guys who can literally take the stuff from daily life, as is always the case by people who are relying on the Holy Spirit and see the lessons and hear the messages and feel the promptings of God in their life because of what they see around them. And he's done that for us in this piece where he's spoken to us about the wrong angle and Robert Cumming, who, in criticising a painting of, uh, of an Italian Renaissance master, found when he was looking on the right angle, could appreciate everything that that artist had done. Thanks to Father Mike and his segment, God in the Everyday. Coming up is some more music now. Brian and Katie Twalt love these guys. Holy Spirit. After the break, we're going to be hearing from Trish McCarthy about emotions and senses.
and how God uses them to enter powerfully into our lives. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Love and life. This is The Journey. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy.
There is an author and priest who I particularly enjoy engaging with his work. John Powell has written many interesting insights, and one such is identifying the ways in which God seeks to enter our lives and touch our hearts. This includes our emotions, imagination, mind and will, memory and senses. Emotions can be a powerful and a gift from God, even the challenging ones. The more words we have to describe our emotions, the more open we are to experience and feel. Expand your emotional vocabulary. Imagination. This includes being able to visualise things, to hear what we imagine God to be saying in our hearts, to create and dream, and to be able to reflect on our life asking the right questions, and allowing life to question us. What might God be saying to you right now? What message of love are you hearing? Memory allows us to cultivate gratitude, to remember the times we have known love, mercy, forgiveness, and to bring that into our current circumstances. Our memories are uniquely our own and often shaped by our experience of life. And given negative memories can hold us in fear, they can also be healed to allow God's freedom and life to flow. Our mind and will work together. Our will is the capacity of our soul to move towards good or away from harm, recognised by our intellectual mind. It's our capacity of conscious choice, decision, desire, consent and intention. What is your will or desire? What is God's will, purpose or intent? Do they harmonise? Our senses open us up to the whole of human experience. Our external senses of taste, touch, smell, sound and sight, as well as our internal senses, such as intuition, allow us to interact most profoundly with God's created world and often work in harmony with each other. Although the numbers vary, it's suggested 70-80% to of what we perceive as taste actually comes from our sense of smell. Ever wondered why your food doesn't taste as good when you have a cold? Something to think about in the colder months. Anyway, my encouragement for you this week is to take one of those five ports we've discussed and reflect and dissect it, one for each day of the working week, and note down what you discover. Thanks to Trish there. That is really, really powerful. I needed to hear that today, that uh, God, who is the creator of emotions and imagination and all of the things that are part of our senses, can enter powerfully into our life, even when we've got those challenging emotions that are stirring up within us. Just want to bring to people's attention that um, still available, but not many copies left of Incarnate, which is a daily Advent and Christmas reflection for 2022. Just the excerpt really from one of the, the scriptures from the day. We have uh, the readings of the day that are, of course always have a, a reading from either the Old Testament or the New Testament, a psalm and a gospel. And the writers just picked out one of the, the lines that have jumped out of them for that day to expand upon to help anyone who's journeying towards the great mystery and unfolding of the incarnation at Christmas during the Advent season to journey into that mystery into that joyous event through the breaking open of the scripture and those insights from from a whole variety of writers. I've, I've written a couple, but there's some amazing people with great learnings that have contributed far, far more insightful than me. You can check it out and download a sample by going to the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. You can go on and do your orders there. You get discounts for different levels of orders, and you'll be hearing from people like Father Anthony Jukes, Sister Susanna Edmonds, Father Chris Sarkis, who we have on the show, Father Sean Cullen, Therese Mills from the MGLs, Pete Gilmore, Catherine Stone and Bernadette Tui from the MGLs, Father Mark DiBattista, Darren McDowell, Ken Bryant, Sister Mary Hill, 
Mother Hilda Scott, of course, she's always a headline. Sister Magdalene Ma. So many people have contributed to this daily journeying through to Christmas and then even afterwards through to the, fe- the Feast of the Epiphany. Go and check it out. Join with tens of thousands of people right around the country and people across denominations. I, I went to Crookwell earlier this year and I ducked into church there and, and uh, just was talking to someone. I said, oh... Advent program. They knew that we did it in Wollongong, and she said how all of the churches there in Cook will come together and use it in journeying together to uh, to the Christmas event, to Christmas Day, and afterwards. So that was really that was really cool, actually. Go to the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong, and you can check out, get a sample, and even order online your Advent Christmas reflections. Pretty much at cost price. That's the way we that's the way we roll. Just like this show is made freely available to anyone who wants it, including the radio stations, well, as long as we're covering our costs, we're happy about sharing the gospel, and that's what we're doing with this incarnate program. Coming up, a bit of Phil Wickham and some Andrea Marie. After the break, Father Dave Callahan is going to round out the show for us with asking us, what's under the bonnet? Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. And we're getting near the end, but really, really pleased that you've joined us on the journey. Shines like 
I'm Michael from Cornubia, Queensland, and you're listening to The Journey.
Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Call. I once knew a man who drove a Ferrari, or rather, he drove a car that looked like a Ferrari. There was no way that he could afford the real thing, so he bought a kit car. He was able to purchase the external shell of the car, which was then fitted over the frame of a much cheaper vehicle. So he had a car that looked like a Ferrari, but it didn't sound like one or drive like one, because in reality, it was a Honda. In the time of Jesus, the Pharisees were doing the same thing with their lives. Jesus sees through the deception and says to them, that you appear to people on the outside like good, honest men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. There is a constant temptation in the Christian life to just pretend, rather than put in the hard work of conversion. We can look virtuous and maybe even sound virtuous, but the engine that drives our life is anything but virtuous. Instead of taking the cheaper option of just being a Christian on the outside, we need to be prepared to invest our whole life in the journey of transformation, so that we truly become a Christian in reality and not just in name. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. Come gather round the mystery of love in our broken history where grace is a fault line to me time and time again welcomes me to a house for the hungry, a well for the thirsty, where all saints come together. Try!
That Ma rounded out the show for us there with the song uh, Bigger Table. Thanks so much to Father Dave Callahan there, who um, spoke about once driving a car that looked like a Ferrari but was anything but when you had a look under the bonnet. And he reflects on how the Pharisees were doing the same thing with their lives. They appear on the outside like uh, good, honest men, but on the inside they're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness, and we need to avoid that. We need to avoid that and figure out what's under our bonnet. Thanks to Max Norton, who's put the show together for us this week, for all of our contributors. Getting pretty close now to the start of the, the Advent season. Hope you are blessed in all of your undertakings this week. Don't forget to be prayerful and to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and hopefully some of the stuff that you've heard today helps you to do just that. Don't forget you can go to jcr.org.au and you can listen to this show again. You can pick out some stuff from maybe one of the presentations of one of the God spots that you heard. You can listen to it again. You can pass it on to someone else who you think might really benefit from hearing it. Just go to jcr.org.au. Thanks again to all of our partnering radio stations right around the country. We are humbled that you take our show each and every week. We hope it's benefiting the very, very big listening audience that is part of the, the Christian radio, net, radio network right around Australia. Okay, faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.